You're listening to the Wikipedia page for Dunning-Kruger Effect, Part 2. But not all accounts of the Dunning-Kruger Effect focus on its negative sides. You're listening to the podcast where we read Wikipedia articles every day and provide commentary. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and consider donating at patreon.com slash wikilistenpodcast so we can continue to create this show. You can find us on social media at wikilisten and at wikilisten.com. Welcome to Wikilisten. I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW. And I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. The Dunning-Kruger Effect Explanations. Metacognitive. Various explanations have been proposed to account for the Dunning-Kruger Effect. The initial and most common account is based on metacognitive abilities. It rests on the assumption that part of acquiring a skill consists in learning to distinguish between good and bad performance of this skill. Since people with low skill have not yet acquired this discriminatory ability, they are unable to properly assess their performance. This leads them to believe that they are better than they are because they do not see the qualitative difference between their performance and performances by others, so they lack the metacognitive ability to recognize their incompetence. This account has also been called the dual burden account or the double burden of incompetence since the burden of regular incompetence is paired with the burden of metacognitive incompetence. It is usually combined with the thesis that the relevant metacognitive abilities are acquired as one skill level increases. But the metacognitive lack may also hinder some people from becoming better by hiding their flaws from them. This can then be used to explain how self-confidence is sometimes higher for unskilled people than for people with an average skill, only the latter are aware of their flaws. Some attempts have been made to measure metacognitive abilities directly to confirm this hypothesis. The findings suggest that there is a reduced metacognitive sensitivity among poor performers, but it is not clear that its extent is sufficient to explain the Dunning-Kruger effect. An indirect argument for the metacognitive account is based on the observation that training people in logical reasoning helps them make more accurate self-assessments. Criticism and alternatives. Not everyone agrees with the assumptions on which the metacognitive account is based. Many criticisms of the Dunning-Kruger effect have the metacognitive account as their main focus but agree otherwise with the empirical findings themselves. This line of argument usually proceeds by providing an alternative approach that promises a better explanation of the observed tendencies. Some explanations focus only on one specific factor, while others see a combination of various factors as the source. One such account is based on the idea that both low and high performers have in general the same metacognitive ability to assess their skill level. But given the assumption that the skill levels of many low performers are very close to each other, i.e. that many people are piled up at the bottom rungs of skill level, they find themselves in a more difficult position to assess their skills in relation to their peers. So the reason for the increased tendency to give false self-assessment is not a lack in metacognitive ability, but a more challenging situation in which this ability is applied. Thus, the increased error can be explained without a dual burden account. One criticism of this approach is directed against the assumption that this type of distribution of skill levels can always be used as as an explanation. 
While it can be found in various fields where the Dunning-Kruger effect has been researched, it is not present in all of them. Another criticism rests on the fact that this account can explain the Dunning-Kruger effect only when the self-assessment is measured relative to one's peer group, not when measured relative to absolute standards. Another account, sometimes given by theorists with an economic background, focuses on the fact that participants in the corresponding studies usually lack the incentive to give accurate self-assessments. In such cases, the participants may be motivated by intellectual laziness or a desire to look good in the eyes of the experimenter to give overly positive self-assessments. For this reason, some studies were conducted with additional incentives to be accurate. In one study, for example, a monetary reward was given to a group of participants based on how accurate their self-assessment was. But these studies failed to show any significant increase in accuracy for the incentive group in contrast to the control group. A different approach is further removed from psychological explanations and sees the Dunning-Kruger effect as mainly a statistical artifact without reference to any prominent underlying psychological tendencies. It is based on the idea that statistical effect known as regression toward the mean is sufficient to account for the empirical findings. In the case of the quality of performances, this effect rests on the idea that the quality of a given performance depends not just on the agent's skill level, but also on the good or bad luck involved on an occasion. So even if a participant with average skill gives an accurate self-assessment of their skill, their performance may be unlucky on this occasion, causing them to fall into the category of low performers who overestimated their skill. According to this approach, the randomness of luck is blamed for the discrepancy between self-assessed ability and objective performance, especially in extreme cases. Wow, that does not tell the whole story. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if any of these pages do. Most researchers acknowledge that regression toward the mean is a relevant statistical effect that has to be taken into account when interpreting the empirical findings. This can be achieved by various methods, but such adjustment do not eliminate the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is why the view that regression toward the mean is sufficient to explain it is usually rejected. However, it has been suggested that when paired with other cognitive biases like the better-than-average effect, one can provide an almost complete explanation of the empirical findings. This type of account is sometimes called the noise-plus-bias explanation. According to the better-than-average effect, people have a general tendency to rate their abilities, attributes, and personality traits as better-than-average. This differs from the Dunning-Kruger effect since it does not track how this overly positive outlook relates to the skill of the people assessing themselves, while the Dunning-Kruger effect mainly focuses on how this type of misjudgment happens for poor performers. When the better-than-average effect is paired with regression toward the mean, it can be explained both that unskilled people tend to greatly overestimate their competence and that the reverse effect for highly skilled people is much less pronounced. By choosing the right variables for the randomness due to luck and a positive offset to account for the better-than-average effect, it is possible to simulate experiments that show almost the same correlation between self 
assessed ability and objective performance as found in the empirical research. But even proponents of this explanation agree that this does not explain the empirical findings in full. This means that the Dunning-Kruger effect may still have a role to play, if only a minor one. Opponents of this approach have argued that this explanation can account for the Dunning-Kruger effect only when assessing one's ability relative to one's peer group, but not when the self-assessment happens relative to an objective standard. Practical Significance Various claims have been made about the Dunning-Kruger effect's practical significance or why it matters. They often focus on how it causes the affected people to make decisions that lead to bad consequences for them or other people. This is especially relevant for decisions that have long-term consequences. For example, it can lead poor performers into careers for which they are unfit. High performers underestimating their skills, on the other hand, may forego viable career opportunities matching their skills in favor of less promising ones that are below their skill level. In other cases, the bad decisions can also have serious short-term effects, as when overconfidence leads a pilot to operate a new aircraft for which they lack adequate training or to engage in flight maneuvers that exceed their proficiency. Emergency medicine is another area where the correct assessment of one's skills and of the risks of a treatment is of central importance. Tendencies of physicians in training to be overconfident have to be taken into consideration to ensure the appropriate degree of supervision and feedback. The Dunning-Kruger effect can also have negative implications for the agent in a variety of economic activities in which the price of a good, such as a used car, is often lowered by the buyer's uncertainty about its quality. An overconfident agent unaware of their lack of knowledge, on the other hand, may be willing to pay a much higher price without being conscious of all the potential flaws and risks relevant to the price. Another implication concerns fields in which self-assessment play an important role in evaluating skills. They are commonly used, for example, in vocational counseling or to estimate the information literacy skills of students and professionals. The Dunning-Kruger effect indicates that such self-assessments often do not correspond to the underlying skills, thereby rendering them unreliable as a method for gathering this type of data. Independent of the field of the skill in question, the metacognitive ignorance often associated with the Dunning-Kruger effect may inhibit low performers from improving themselves since they are unaware of many of their flaws. They may have little motivation to address and overcome them. But not all accounts of the Dunning-Kruger effect focus on its negative sides. Some also concentrate on its positive sides, example, that ignorance can sometimes be bliss. In this sense, optimism can lead people to experience their situation more positively and overconfidence may help them achieve even unrealistic goals. To distinguish the negative from the positive sides, it has been suggested that two important phases are relevant for realizing a goal. Preparatory planning and the execution of the plan. Overconfidence may be beneficial in the execution phase by increasing motivation and energy but it can be detrimental in the planning phase since the agent may ignore bad odds, take unnecessary risks, or fail to prepare for contingencies. For example, being overconfident may be advantageous for a general on the day of battle because of the additional inspiration passed on to his troops, but disadvantageous 
in the weeks before by ignoring the need for reserve troops or protective gear. Popular Recognition In the year 2000, Kruging and Dunner were awarded a satiric Ig Nobel Prize in recognition of the scientific work recorded in their modest report. The Dunning-Kruger song is part of the Incompetence Opera, a mini-opera that premiered at the Ig Nobel Prize ceremony in 2017. The mini-opera is billed as a musical encounter with the Peter Principle and the Dunning-Kruger effect. So it turns out humans are really bad at things. Yes. The most famous account of the Dunning-Kruger effect is a man who tried to rob a bank uh, with... They tried to rob a... Some guy tried to rob a bank because he decided that if they use uh, lemon juice in invisible ink, that he would be able to put lemon juice on his face and rob a bank. And he was caught immediately. Um, Because he thought it would make him invisible. It did not. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Great. (laughs) This has been the Wikipedia page for Dunning-Kruger Effect, part two. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. To support the show, go to patreon.com slash wikilistenpodcast and find us on social media at Wikilisten and at wikilisten.com.